0: Snuff Production. Want to learn how to feel good whilst attracting what you want into your life? I have designed a course for you using the manifesting methods I use daily. This is an audio course, so it can be easily listened to in the car, going for a walk or on your daily commute. And I've designed printable worksheets with exercises to help you practice what you're learning. All the info on the course is in this episode's show notes, or you can go to the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com to purchase Manifest Your Greatness. Born with extraordinary gifts, psychic medium Rebecca Rosen occupies an in-between place, serving as a bridge between two worlds, the physical world of everyday problems and the spiritual world where surprising assistance is there for each of us to access. As an intuitive, she can tap into a deeper source of wisdom and over her decades of experience with this work, she has learned that the biggest lesson for each of us is that we have a divine purpose and it's our greatest responsibility to fulfil it. In this powerful conversation, we discuss how to remove obstacles on your path to self-growth, how each of us are assigned a purpose at birth and how to communicate beyond the veil. If I
1: signed up for this and maybe sometimes you signed up for it not for your own lessons but you took one for the team to be of service let's say you chose cancer because the people around you it gives them this amazing opportunity to show up and to caregive and to learn their lessons and you're the old soul who said I know this is temporary and I'm okay going through this disease knowing it's going to better the people around me and give them you know we learn through contrast When you know what you don't want, you get crystal clear on what you do want. But that gives us this opportunity to become empowered and recreate it, change it.
0: I'm Sarah Grimberg, and this is A Life of Greatness. Through my years of studying and researching the connection between human behaviour, personal growth and transformation, I have discovered the keys to unlocking greatness within others. In this podcast, I share stories and experiences from my own teachings, along with conversations with inspiring guests to help you learn the simple tips, habits, practices and strategies to cultivate an extraordinary existence. Rebecca Rosen is the best-selling author of many books, including Spirited and her newest book, What's Your Heaven? This episode does not disappoint. It teaches us about how to get out of our heads and into our hearts and how we are never alone, even in our darkest hours. My hope is that this conversation inspires you to think more broadly about life and the purpose of our existence. From the text, of Course in Miracles... If you knew who walked beside you on the way that you have chosen, fear would be impossible. I hope you enjoy this episode. Rebecca, I'm so excited to have you on. We have a lot to unpack here. So I want to start at the beginning of your story because you're obviously a psychic medium, but I want you to take us back to 1997 when you were in college and where a lot of it began.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, unlike some people doing this work, I was not raised in a family where we talked about paranormal things and psychic stuff. I mean, I was raised in a conservative Jewish household and I was raised to have, you know, um, belief in God, but I didn't really know what that meant. And so I found myself, I was down at the University of Florida studying advertising and I was... um I, I developed an eating disorder and it's called sleep eating where I would sleepwalk into the kitchen and start eating until oh, I woke damn. up, you know, 30 seconds, 90 seconds later and it was out of control. And so I would just cry myself to sleep at night for like six months and I didn't know what was going on. But back home, my father had attempted suicide. So it was my drug of choice to stuff my feelings. My parents were trying to protect me and not sharing a whole lot, but I was very intuitive. And I was feeling the, you know, the troubled energy going on. And so long story short, I would pray at night. And one day I was at a bookstore journaling and my dead grandmother, my dad's mom started talking to me. It's called automatic writing. It was like a download of information coming through my head in, you know, in onto the page for an hour. And she was saying, I'm here in response to your cries for help. And my grandma took her life 10 years before that, when I was just 10 years old. And so she said, I'm not going to let you go down this dark road of depression and using your drug of choice to numb. I'm going to help you to heal yourself from the inside out. And she gave me her and my guardian angel. And again, I thought I was making all this up, but she gave me all this great, useful information. And she said, I know you think you're going crazy. So I want you to call your father and ask him these three things only he would know. So I ran out of the bookstore. I called my dad. Sure enough, those three things were accurate down to how he found her when she died. She she killed herself and no one knew the details. So that's when I knew I was connected to something real. So for 18 months, I did the work, mind, body, spirit level of healing myself, finding self-love and working through you know, all of my, my soul lessons. And so she said, you're gonna now for doing the work because I was in a really good solid place And she said, you're gonna find your soulmate. And his name is Ryan. He's gonna give you a rose. That's how you'll know it's a clue, it's him. And his birthday. And she said it was nine twenty-four. So this is back in 97. There is no Facebook or Instagram, right? Okay, so my mom sets me up with this guy a few months after that. His name was Brian Rosen and it hit me on our second date. Oh my God. If you drop the B from Brian, you get Ryan. If you drop the N from Rosen, you get Rose. So I went back through my journals. I found the birthday and I asked him, is your birthday September 24th? And it was.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: So that's when I shifted from doubting that I was doing this to believing. And from there, I tried to get a job in advertising, but I couldn't. And so I ended up moving from Florida to the suburbs of Detroit, where my dad lived, and I a friend said, you know, you should go do, just test it out on strangers. Go try and see if you can read other people. So I did thinking there's no way. Well, sure enough, I could. It was blowing my mind as well as the person sitting with me. And so a few months later, I said, okay, God, if you want me to do this, you bring people to me. You know, I, that saying God is my publicist. Like I am not going to go chase people down. So Um, A week after that, a woman, an editor from the Detroit Jewish News found me and did this whole story on me. It turned out to be the cover story. And from there, it opened the doors to building a Mm -hmm. business. And that was 23 years ago or something. So that is how this all began. It's like it found me. And obviously, it's a gift. and And I very much love
0: doing it. It is an absolute gift and how lucky are you to be able to have that. But I think it's also an area that I've always found so fascinating and a lot of people find absolutely intriguing. And I feel like even if they doubt it, they're still intrigued by it. So it goes those two ways. I'd love you to explain for people who are listening today, you're a psychic medium, but there is obviously a difference between psychics and mediums and what that difference is.
1: So all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. And the reason is psychic ability we all have to Mm -hmm. different degrees, okay? We're all born with the sixth sense. And it's a muscle. And the more you work it, the stronger it gets. And But some of us just innately have it stronger, um, just like some of us are naturally natural-born singers. And we can go on to become, you know, rock stars, while others you know, can develop it to a certain degree. So mediumship is the, it's much more involved. It's the next level because psychic ability is where you tune into energy, telepathic transmissions, and you are decoding it, whether it's past, present, or future, okay? Mediumship is you're tuning into discarnate energy, whether it's departed loved ones, angels, spirit guides, light beings, okay? And you rely on them to, impress your mind and body with thoughts and feelings. And then it becomes like playing the game of trades because you have to make sense of. It's like a whole sign language mm. or learning a foreign language, that, a vocabulary that you have to build over time. You know, I've been doing this for 24 years. So, and I'm still learning. There, I still am, you know, working with this, but it's a practice like anything else. And you absolutely can develop it. I, I really believe... We can all do this for ourselves, okay? I don't believe everybody can do it for other people because not everybody is born meant to do it for other people. Yeah. But there are so many more mediums and psychics out there in the world right now because so many of us are meant to share the gift, to be in service to others, to help people. Um, And also since 1997, when I kind of came out of the closet saying I did this, because way back then it was super strange and taboo, right? It's a lot more accepted and and understood in this day and age,
0: you know, thankfully. So more people yes. are, you know, are coming out with it. It's really interesting because before we got on today, you gave me, you know, a really beautiful reading and it was so comforting hearing some things that you had to say. We talked about some very personal stuff and you tapped into my grandpa that had passed and that was really beautiful and then we did some more kind of psychic stuff with spirit guides and this and that and was really interesting to see the difference between the two things. And you said something to me, which is funny. And I was like, thank God. You're like, you don't have so many dead people (laughs) in spirit. And I'm like, that you know of. And I'm like, yes, and let's keep it that way. Thank you. That was really interesting. And then we went on to kind of, yes, you spoke to spirit guides in that instance, which I think is such a beautiful thing.
1: You know, I meet people where they're at and I love working with people like you because you're so evolved and open. And so it makes it a lot more fun because, yeah, I love talking to the dead people. But, you know, I always say if you get guidance from your departed loved ones and you didn't trust it in life, like you need to be mindful and discerning and in death like they love you. They're going to come through and give you validation, tell you they're okay, tell you what they're doing. But it doesn't mean they've evolved. Mm. It doesn't mean they're wiser or they know everything, but your guides, your angels, your, you know, ascended masters that are working with you, they are evolved. And that to me is more comforting and trustworthy.
0: Mm. I wanted to ask you, you obviously have your new book, What's Your Heaven, which a lot of this information is in there plus more, but I wanted to ask with as you said, the people who depart and move on to the other side. A question I've always wanted to know is, for all of us, we're going to die one day. Obviously, that's a given. It's the only given we get in life, the fact that we know we will depart this earth Mm -hmm. one day. What I've heard is you go to the other side and there's a life review. I've spoken to many people about that, near-death survivors, mediums. Correct me if I'm wrong, that you are on that other side kind of learning and then sometimes we reincarnate. So if you had a loved one that died and you really wanted to see them after you died, how do you know that they haven't gone into another body? Like, is it a given that you'll somehow connect with them once you're gone?
1: No, it's not. The average soul waits about two generations or about 100 years before it will jump back into the the body and come back to earth school, as I call it yeah but some souls who died suddenly tragically maybe it was a random act of chaos they weren't ready to go um they may come back right away Mm. and so they when you cross over they may be reincarnated and so you won't connect until they finished out their lifetime but for the average soul most of your loved ones will be there waiting it's like almost like a family reunion Mm. waiting at the pearly gates to help greet you and cross you over and it's a beautiful connection. And then what we are able to do is then take the masks off that we wore, the roles we played in each other's lives to go through kind of um unpacking our soul lessons and and in relationship of soul contracts because we all have soul families or soul groups. Mm. And these are the souls, there's primary and secondary and so forth. And these are the souls we keep reincarnating with over and over to help be each other's teachers and students to learn these important life lessons.
0: What are the life lessons that you hear when you read for people and from your just speaking to the other side? What are the the main reasons that people are on this earthly plane?
1: So there's actually about 30 or so common universal lessons. And I actually created um, a free quiz people can take on my website to help them figure out what are my specific top, you know, two to five life lessons. But then it gives you the whole list if, mm. if anyone's curious. But, you know, the the common ones like worth, self-worth, self-love, mm. forgiveness, kindness, compassion, generosity, um, you know, the list goes on and on, but it's the universal lessons that we all are here to understand. You know, the book, I titled it, What's Your Heaven? Because it's all about, you know, heaven isn't a place. It's a state of mind, whether you're alive or dead. Just Mm. like you can be in a living hell, you can be in a heaven on earth, Mm. but it it depends on your your frequency Mm. and the emotions, okay? And so I included in this book, Dr. David Hawkins Scale of Consciousness, with all the emotions from the bottom being shame and greed and victimhood, all the way up that emotional scale to oneness and, mm-hmm. and love and joy, okay? Yeah. And everything in between. And so within those, that ties into our soul lessons. Mm-hmm. So if you're here to learn, let's say neutrality and get out of judgment, okay? Some people are constantly in judgment And that's a very low emotion. And that could be likened to hell. And the goal is to get to neutrality or above so that you can be in acceptance and peace and kindness and love and generosity so that you can experience the feelings of heaven.
0: Mm. When we talk about manifestation, a lot of the time we say, it's not about what you want, it's about who you are. And when you talk Mm. about leveling up your vibration, it's exactly that. You might want all these things, but if you're judging all day, you don't believe in yourself, you're gossiping about people, then you're never going to get to where you want to be because you're not at that level unless you want that kind of stuff in your life. That might be a thing. But if you don't and you want to have all these beautiful grand things, a lot of them do vibrate at a higher level and you have to be that to allow that to come in.
1: Exactly. You have to be the vibrational match to what you are asking for. You know, in the book I talk about, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you, mm. whatever you're going through. And it takes you out of victimhood mm. because on that scale, victimhood is the lowest vibration. And when you're there, you can't manifest the the dreams and desires that vibrate at a very opposite frequency. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about getting people empowered.
0: That's a really interesting one. I speak about that sometimes as well, that life happens for you, not to you. For someone that's listening now that might be unwell and they're unable to see that, how would you explain that phrase to them?
1: So, you know, it's all about reframing it, saying, okay, not why is this happening to me? Because that's victim. It's what is this here to teach me? Mm -hmm. Get curious about it. And how do I find balance? How do I heal? Because really, we're all here in this lifetime to heal our unfinished business or our balance, our karma, okay? And to recognize, oh, so if I created this, now, I understand it sounds insensitive to say you created your cancer or whatever, but- Sometimes we do, and and it's from holding dis-ease. So unforgiveness, anger, those feelings of disease, disease lodged in your body, held in your cells for a period of years and years and years evolves into disease. Mm. And it's a wake-up call to get us to recognize: okay, if I created that, I can create health and wellness. And and so it's an empowering thought to think, if I signed up for this. And maybe sometimes you signed up for it, not for your own lessons, but you took one for the team to be of service. Let's say you chose cancer because the people around you, it gives them this amazing opportunity to show up and to caregive and to learn their lessons. And you're the old soul who said, I know this is temporary and I'm okay going through this disease, knowing it's going to better the people around me and give them You know, we learn through contrast. Mm. When you know what you don't want, you get crystal clear on what you do want. And that's the beauty of earth school. It's a world of contrast and duality, unlike heaven where it's not. And so sometimes we best learn these lessons where we can experience the unwanted and what we would label or judge negative, right? But that gives us this opportunity to become empowered in recreate it, change it. Mm. And so the whole idea is to give, this book gives you the tools. If you don't like the way your life is going, if you're in a situation that's constant pain and struggle and suffering, then use these tools, do your work. Just like my grandma gave me in that first book I wrote, Spirited, The Mind, Body, Spirit Practice. I did the work and I changed my situation. And then I manifested this beautiful, you know, relationship that came in. Mm. So we all can do this.
0: Yeah. And I think doing the work is so unbelievably important, doing that internal work, putting us time aside to quieten the mind. You know, I could talk about it at end because it changed my life as well. And then suddenly it's no coincidence that things started to take off for me as soon as I made that decision. And it doesn't even need to take a long time. Like For me, it was a matter of weeks, I think, Mm -hmm. where I started to see changes in my life and I think that anyone that's in a really stuck place, reading your book, getting these tools is so unbelievably important.
1: Yes, you know, the reason I wrote this book is it was during the pandemic and people were coming to me, client after client, with the same feelings. They were at a crossroads. They were very frustrated in their lives, whether it had to do with relationships or finances or job purpose, health issues, you name it. But it was this people kept repeating the same patterns and behaviors that kept them in the spin cycle and trying to figure out like, why is this happening? And how do I get out of it? Sometimes it was their own, you know, repetitive thinking and habits. And sometimes it was an awakening to intergenerational homework that was passed down, meaning inherited, you know, Um, behaviors and patterns from generations before you and that you are here now, like I channeled the dead people who come forward and say, hey, there's a pattern of abuse. The grandfather did it and then the father did it and then he did it to you and now you're repeating it. So it's an opportunity to wake up and to
0: break the dysfunctional patterns and to do and be better. As you mentioned, when there are spirits that people that have passed, People sometimes talk about dead spirits that might linger or evil. I don't know really if that's true, but I'd love to talk to you about it because you obviously are very close to this. Say, for example, I went on holidays a year or so ago and we stayed in this old house. It was a renovated old house and it kind of had a granny flat out the back we were all in the main area and then occasionally we'd go to the granny flat to watch TV or do whatever. As soon as we got into that granny flat, the energy was so different. And I have never felt this before, Rebecca. It was like, so intense. It's very hard to explain, like it was thick energy yeah. and then this lady came over who actually funnily enough was a psychic and she said there's someone that has died in there well she was a medium someone that's died in there and I mean that freaked me out and they're like it's the energy's still there so you know you can imagine we never entered that crazy flat for the rest of the holiday but what I wanted to know is is that true? Yes oh my gosh energy doesn't die it
1: just changes form and so there's different frequencies of energy, right? Whether you're embodied or in spirit. And so residual energy is a very real thing. I constantly clear my space, whether it's my house or my office, by you know smudging, using music, Tibetan singing bowls, ch- praying, chanting, because you want to transform energy into a higher state. And so 100% that's real. And so... I don't work with lower frequencies. Some mediums do. They work with lost souls or ghosts mm. um, or poltergeists and dark entities. And their their soul's gift or purpose is to move those beings to the light, okay? Or to do exorcisms or to clear, okay? That is their purpose. Mine is very different. And like you, I would be super uncomfortable if I walked into that and felt it, but I would recognize it. Mm. But then I would, I would demand it gone. Mm. You are always in control if you reclaim your seniority over your light, okay? And you say you are in agreement with source and only source or the divine or God or whatever you want to call that pure energy of all love, you are in agreement with that. Only divine energy of light and love is allowed in this space. Anything else is banished. Archangel Michael, come in, clear mm. it, the Clear this up. It's very important that we know we have power over the darkness. You know, before any readings I do, whether it's a private reading or groups of thousands of people, I always say a prayer, whether it's silently or out loud. And I only invite in divine energy to be allowed into the conversation mm. because you can call in anything. And it doesn't feel good. And there's no reason to be working with, and there's are shapeshifters. There's beings that pose to be light, like angels and departed loved ones and guides, but really they're dark beings. Mm. And so if you ever have this uneasy feeling, whether it's you're in a doing a reading or you're in a space, you can say, are you of the light? Mm. And if it's not, it will go away. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's really amazing what power we have. That's so interesting. I've got a few questions out of that. First thing is I agree with you. I always perform, I go into very deep meditations. I always call on Archangel Michael from day dot. I've been doing that. Surround me, protect me whilst I'm meditating. Always calling on my spirit guides as well. How does a being become dark? How does some be light and some be dark?
1: So I write about this in the book because I talk about like with all the school shootings you've heard and Mm. all the wars and all the dark stuff that happens in this earth school. I believe all souls are inherently good Mm. at their core, but because we have free will, we can choose to show up in the frequency of light or of darkness and fear Okay, and so when you show up and make choices from the frequency of fear, fear fear-based emotions, greed, anger, darkness, you know, evil, you are creating karma. You are creating, you know, from this place. I mean, that is our power. We have the gift of free will. And our job is to come back to our soul or higher self and show up in life and make choices from that frequency and not from shadow, okay? And so long enough, you know, you you your thoughts become things, they're real. And that becomes your character over time. And that becomes your set point. And so those are souls who have disconnected from source. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I write about seven lessons in this book. And the very first lesson is I am connected. And it's all about how we are all born with the divine spark within us. Okay. Call it God or goddess energy, but that divine eternal essence that we are, our soul, that is made up of the eternal love and light of source. We all have it. The question is, are we gonna choose to plug into it every day and operate from that place, that light, that love, or are we gonna unplug, disconnect, and then operate from shadow and fear? That's how this happens.
0: And then when we die, I thought everyone went into the light once they died. How are some entities or darker souls still around?
1: You basically go to the place you've earned based on an accumulation of your thoughts, words and deeds over the course of a lifetime, okay? And so, you know, spirit always says you pick up in death where you left off in life. So that doesn't mean you can't make mistakes. This is earth school. We are all meant to make mistakes, okay? But just learn from them and make. don't make the same mistake twice. Make new ones, right? But our job is to be the best that we can be knowing we're perfectly imperfect. And so what happens is there are many tormented souls that upon their deathbed, they may resist crossing over and then be, they become trap souls or what we would call ghosts. Mm. They don't go to the light. And there's a lot of different reasons why, but a lot of times it's unconscious guilt. They know they were not the highest and best of them. They were, there may have been evil. Um, it may be they're terrified and they're in this place of fear and they're not willing to let go and receive the light. So there's all different reasons. Some are, they died tragically suddenly and they're so in shock and trauma, even and disembodied out of their body, right? That they're staying on this earthly plane because they're refusing to embrace their exit point. But then if you just truly let go, you will evolve. You know, you didn't have to be perfect again, but you're going to go to the light, whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. And what I've heard is, Whatever you believe now in your conscious thoughts is what will become true when you cross over. So if you believe your heaven's going to mm. look like a, a nice sunny beach with a big family, you know, gathering, you're going to find that. Mm. But if you also believe it's going to be gloom and doom, you're probably going to find that. So that's why the point is we want to work on our consciousness now while we're still here so that we can live a heaven on earth. But then when we cross over, we can go to another level of our heaven.
0: Just recently, I interviewed Scarlett Lewis, whose son Jesse died in the Sandy Hook massacre. And she was telling me this story, which was so beautiful, so sad, but beautiful, about how she had all these signs from Jesse. And at one point, she was a bit worried that he hadn't crossed over. He definitely died suddenly and so young. She'd spoken to a medium friend of hers. Anyway, the medium friend had says, Tell him like you're okay and that he can cross over. And she did that and then she saw this amazing sign in a skywriter writing something that basically had said like I am in the arms of Jesus, which is what she believed in. And it was so beautiful, but it basically tells me everything that you have spoken about, sudden death, unexpected, but I suppose we all want our loved ones to cross over and be in a place that they're at more ease in than maybe if they were sick or when someone's dying, it's never, right. it can be pleasant, but you know, it's still death. So we always want them to be at peace.
1: Right. You know, I had a group reading today and three people's spirits came through for three different individuals, not a coincidence, and probably why I'm sharing this. And they said they were all traumatic young deaths and unsettled, but their loved ones prayed for them to go to the light, to, to, they prayed for their highest truth, highest healing, whatever that meant, and the highest good of all. And all three souls said how much living people's prayers. Mm lifted them up higher and allowed them to go to the light and leave this earth plane dimension. So our prayers are heard and they really help the souls, whether, you know, they're resisting going to the light or not, even if they've crossed over and are in heaven, but they are depleted and they need to restore their light. The best gift you can give them is pray for their highest truth, highest healing, and for the highest good of all.
0: It's so funny you say that, because I think in a lot of religions, and I obviously speak to the Jewish one, as we both are, where they sit Shiva and then they have the prayer service after that can go for a couple of nights. And it's nice to hear, as I'm sure other religions probably have a very similar thing, where they pray for their dead as well, that... You know, some people, I think, probably sit there talking whilst that's going on. But really, like, it is actually very important. And even if it's not in a formal religious setting like that, as you mentioned, you can just do your own prayers and they will be heard and delivered.
1: Exactly. You know, what Spirit has told me over the years is that it doesn't matter if you use formal religion or just your own personal spiritual practice. It's the intention behind it. And it's as long as you're sincere and coming from your heart, Your prayers are powerful and effective. And again, you could be talking to your, like acting like you're talking to your best friend or reciting a formal prayer. Mm. Again, it really doesn't matter. Just do it from your heart, but it's a powerful practice we can all do.
0: And I know that you talk about in your book a lot about the I am statement, which I speak about a lot. And I'd like to talk about that, but also in the regards to prayer, because again, I think if we're saying, make me well, or make me wealthy, or this or that, it's kind of like we're detached and we're not feeling that energy of what we want. That's where manifestation comes in, where I am abundant, I am healthy. I am loved, whatever it is that you're seeking. So I'd love to know how you teach that and your perception and knowledge on that.
1: It's all about claiming your worth in the now moment because there's only now. And so often we are in this place of, you know, future tripping or stuck in the past. The point of power is now. Mm. So I am is a present tense. And when you imagine whether you're, writing affirmations or reciting them or vision boarding or meditating, you wanna imagine your future self as if it's now, calling the future, right? So when you say I am, you are saying the divinity within me, mm. right? The God presence or goddess presence, the divine within me and I am whatever it is, you're claiming it as if it is now and you're you're basically bypassing a timeline, Because if you keep putting it in the future, you're gonna stay stuck in Mm. wanting, it's never gonna show up. And so I'm sure, I mean, this is obviously, you could speak to this as well, but it's so powerful when you claim it as if it's already here. And so in my early days of doing this, my guides would say, just say, thank you for.
0: Mm, That's Gratitude
1: is such a powerful frequency. So I just say, thank you for Perfect health and well-being. Let's say I have a bad cold. Thank you for my cells healing now. Thank you for perfect health. Thank you for And so you just own it now and you will then embody it versus putting it somewhere out there. You're not, It's always going to be out there. I'd love to know
0: what are your practices that you do daily?
1: Well, so the very first thing I do before I even lift my head from the pillow I intend to have a day of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. I ask for a day of bliss, grace, ease, joy, and flow. So I I claim it. I'm not hoping or wishing. I am saying I am waking up in 5D and I am having a day of heaven on earth. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Right? Right? Then I imagine bubble wrapping myself is what I call it. I get spiritually dressed for my day and I imagine the big gold bubble around me. I put a grounding cord into mother earth. I hook up, plug into source so that I am one with my higher self and my team and spirit. And then for I, op, I ask to drop from my head and get into my heart and really be embodied. Because mm-hmm. so often anyone who's like me, who's an empath and highly sensitive, it's hard to be in this earth plane. Like there's a lot of, negative energy, fear-based energy, a lot of darkness. And so you want to set the intention to be a match to the light Mm. and to love. And to be, so when you're like sensitive, it's sometimes you disembody, you dissociate because we don't feel safe, but you're more powerful when you call all your energy back to you and you're in your body. So I can tell in the morning, if I'm feeling really fragmented, overwhelmed and off, I will immediately call my energy back. I'll call it back from other people. I'll call it back from my future, like worrying about what's gonna happen the next day. I'll call it back from the past. If I still think about something that just happened, you call your energy back and that takes us back to getting present. Mm. So those are some of my um, practices to start my day. And then meditation. I really I know it's like over talked about, but meditation, you know, this I know it, it is the easiest, most powerful practice and we can all do it. And you don't have to be formally trained. It's really about being present, focusing on your breath and making space for stillness. And then from there, everything else will work. It's magic. Your guides have room to connect with you, your higher self. And so those are my definites. And then I like to incorporate yoga and walking, moving meditations mm-hmm. as well.
0: I think that's so true. And I think that with meditation, what's so nice about it for people who are wanting to seek that extra connection and they don't know how, or they're trying and they feel like they can't hear or whatever it is, going into meditation is always nice because it is that quiet space where our thought patterns slow down and there is time to kind of feel and hear and just know that there is that connection with that wider group out there that sometimes with the hustle and bustle of life, it might be hard for people to feel that they can connect with.
1: Exactly. You know, we all have a team in spirit and that is made up of your departed loved ones, your pets, your angels, your spirit guides. And they're always there at our side, but we, because of free will, have to invite it in. Mm. So we have to, A, suspend disbelief and doubt long enough to at least extend that invitation and let it in. And then B, we have to, it's a practice. We have to, you know, make it a point to work with it. And prayer and meditation are honestly the easiest and most accessible ways for anyone and everyone to do.
0: With working with those that have departed, what are the, the lessons that you have learned that you think are the most powerful for people to hear who are on this earthly plane?
1: You know, a really big one is spirit coming forward, reminding us to measure our success in life, not by the dollars earned or the credentials we got or the fame or the fortune or, you know, none of that, no material. Measure your success in in joy the amount of joy you experience. Because at the end of the day, when we die, we don't have pockets. All we're taking with us are the memories we created, the love we shared with others. Mm. That's what's mm. eternal. Um, so I think that's a really big one. The other one is, and I wrote a whole chapter on this, on worth. Measure your worth in the amount of light that you hold. Mm. Okay, again, not not to measure it by any material, um you know, or external measure, but that how you show up in honor, how you show up in light, how you show up in love, first and foremost for yourself, you know, having self-regard and self-love and then being able to then pay that forward and show up in service of others and to be kind and to be generous and to be loving towards others. Mm. That is what builds our our worth and that is what builds our havingness cup. It fills that happiness cup, right? So when you are showing up in that light and holding that light, your life is abundant. The universe brings it back to you in abundance in all things. Mm. So those are the most
0: powerful lessons. I have learned a lot about the law of cause and effect, and I think that was kind of what you were just speaking about then, where things are reflected back to you. If you're a good person or if you do a good deed, that will be reflected back somewhere in your life, sometimes straight away, sometimes in many years. But the same goes if you do something negative, that reflection will happen too. And they talk about, you know, Newton's third law of motion in physics, where it's like you throw a ball against the wall and it comes back. It's that same idea. Have you learned a lot about that with talking with those that have departed?
1: Yes, yes. And it is the same thing. And it's all about the law of attraction, like attracts like. And mm. you, you attract like frequencies, whether it's situations or types of people. And so your goal is to be at the highest frequency you can possibly be and that's where i put that scale in there because hawkins did such a great job of you know showing us what that looks like emotionally so when you're feeling kind you're feeling you know loving you're feeling generous you know you're going to attract that back to you and so you have nothing to worry about life becomes fun and magical he's like what miracle is going to happen today however the opposite is true if you are putting out you know greed and judgment and negativity and all those negative emotions, it will show up. It'll reflect back sometimes in a car accident or somebody steals something from you, or you know, somebody's talking and gossiping about you. Well, guess what? You have to look in the mirror and say, What's my part in this deal? Mm. How did I contribute to this? Because you have to take ownership. You know, spirit says all the time when we die, we're forced to take accountability for our energy. You know, there's this saying, be responsible for the energy you bring into this space. Mm. Well, that's where we have to look in the mirror and say, okay, why did I attract this? Why does this keep showing up in my life? And it's either there to teach you a lesson or it's a mirror for you to show you your beliefs. And that usually goes back to your own sense of self-worth and self-love or lack of.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. Rebecca, what's your favorite prayer?
1: My favorite prayer... It's not religious. You know, I say the Shema, actually, since this is really funny. This brings it full circle. My grandma, babe, my dad's mom, who started talking to me, helping me back 24 or five years ago. So she taught my dad to say the Shema, okay, which is in Judaism, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ha. And my dad told me when I, I will never forget, when I was five years old, he taught me to say it. And I've said it probably every single night since then. Really? Hey, okay, I'm now 46. I'm not kidding. It's habit. When I lay down, I just say the Shema. And then from there, I go, and these are this is unspoken because energy, it's telepathic. You don't need to talk out loud. You don't need to pray out loud. Your guides will hear you. Your loved ones will hear you. And so I say that because for me, that connects me to source energy. Mm. Okay. But I say it without the context of Judaism or religion for me, even though it comes from that, because I, I consider myself, I love my religion and I love, you know, and respect the morals and values, but I'm much more of a spiritual person than a religious one. Yeah. And so I usually don't share that just because I sometimes religion alienates and separates and it's Mm. uncomfortable for people. But you asked. So that is truly, that is my prayer. But then I was going to say my guides channel prayers to me all the time. So I'll use my own made up, well, not made up, but downloaded from spirit
0: prayers. And I have a few of those. It's so funny. Recently, I have had this voice in my head when I'm feeling a bit out of sorts. It's Louise Hayes saying, all is well. Like when I am just feeling so strange, all I hear in my head is all is well. And I'm like, it just like brings me back. It brings me back. And then I've noticed a couple of times I'll just be in the kitchen or something and I'll go all is well out loud. And I'm like, what am I saying? That's amazing. Yeah, That's your
1: higher self. Yeah, all is well, and that is a prayer in and of itself. And, you know, again, I think this goes back to, it doesn't matter what you say, it's the intention behind it. Yes. Because energy follows intention. And as long as whatever you are intending and putting out there comes from your heart, it's heartfelt and sincere, not your head, that is powerful. And that is what connects you to source into spirit.
0: Yes, I agree. I'd love to know, Rebecca, what is the most mystical experience that you have ever had?
1: Well, hands down is first when grandma babe came to me in the bookstore. But then the second one would be when I was at the end of my first marriage, and I was really struggling with do I stay? do I go? This is not serving either one of us? And I prayed on it hard and I was so torn and I went to bed and in the middle of the night, my dad, who had died at that point, it was like 10 years before, showed up at the end of my bed and that was the first and only time I've seen a ghost, like the apparition of my mm. father standing there. And it was in 90 seconds and it was a conversation and he said, He gave me permission to let go that this is, you know, what's highest and best for me, for my, my now ex and my boys. And, and basically saying, what do you need? What do you want? And I needed that, needed that. And so obviously I believed, you know, I was well into this work and, but I'd never personally had that experience. And so now I'm so grateful I did because I can relate to others and Mm. help them understand. It's a very rare experience. For your departed loved one to show up as an apparition. Wow. But if it happens, consider yourself blessed. Wow. So yeah, that that truly was a sliding door moment. It changed the the trajectory of my life. And I wrote about that in my second book.
0: What's your greatest hope for society
1: today? To return to to kindness and love. Hmm. To remember we're all one. We're all in this together. You know, there's so much separation and alienation and judgment and and to come back to at the end of the day it's like many paths one truth Mm. that's so beautiful
0: and our final question what is a life of greatness to you
1: a life of greatness is being authentically you just be you perfectly
0: imperfect you Rebecca Rosen, thank you for all the amazing work that you do. The conversation today has been so wisdom-filled and I'm so grateful. Thank you.
1: Oh, likewise. It's been wonderful.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to join my community on Instagram at Sarah Grimberg, where we post videos and behind-the-scenes footage of each recording. You can also join my private Facebook group, Live Your Life Greatly, where we discuss the content in this episode and many more, as well as give advice and tips on how to live a life of love and meaning. To purchase my manifestation course and meditations, head to the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com or this week's episode show notes to find a link. If you love what you heard, we'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and leave a five-star review. It will help us share this wisdom with others. Listener.